This is Drummer's Resource Podcast, session 345. And the quote of the day is more like a mantra. Be ambitious, get stuff done, keep your priorities straight, your mind right, and your head up. You're listening to the Drummer's Resource Podcast, home of in-depth interviews with the world's greatest drummers, music industry professionals, and thought leaders. Inspiration, education, and motivation for drumming. What's up, everybody? Nick Ruffini here, session 345 of the podcast. Hope everybody's doing well. And if you are looking for all of the episodes, only the last 300 or so are on iTunes, but the rest of them you can find just by going to Drummer's Resource. And they're on other podcasting platforms. So they're on Google Play, they're on Stitcher, they're on CAST, which I use C A S T S. Um, but for some reason, only 300 on iTunes. Anyway, but they're all there, so you can access all 345 of these. You may just have to look around. And they're all on the website. They're all on drummersresource.com, and you can go on there. You can search, all that kind of stuff if you're looking for anyone in particular. That's the best way to do it. And I ask that while you're there, if you go to drummersresource.com, sign up for the mailing list. I'll send you a copy of my ebook, Stick Control Variations. It's 11 creative exercises that you can use with stick control to increase your chops, your speed, your independence, all that stuff. And also you'll get emails every Monday and Friday from me with all the stuff that's been released, some new music, all sorts of different stuff. So you can do that just by going to drummersresource.com, totally free as you know. Speaking of free, this podcast is free thanks to the good folks at Musicians Institute, and they are located right there in Hollywood, California. They've been there since the 70s, and they can take your career to the next level. So whether it be you want to learn gospel music, you want to learn how to play cajon, you want to increase your drum performance, you want to learn the music business, any of that stuff and more can be learned at Musicians Institute by instructors who have been there, who have done that, who are currently still doing sessions, still touring, still doing all of that stuff as well. And they have a world-class facility. You have to see this facility. It's amazing. And the staff cannot be beat. Learn more about Musicians Institute by going to mi.edu. Now let's get into this conversation. This is with Rick Barker. So Rick is the Rick is Taylor Swift's original manager, and he was working for a company called Big Machine Records, who Taylor is still on Big Machine Records. Rick is still working with Big Machine Records, but isn't managing Taylor Swift anymore, but he managed, managed her for a long time. And this conversation is great for numerous reasons. One, we talk about you know, working with Taylor, we talk about her work ethic. We talk about the differentiator between someone who is good and someone who is great. And it's not what you think. It's not talent. And the other things just about managing your day, making sure that you're getting things done, how you should be thinking about assembling a team, how you should be thinking about growing your career, thinking about it like a business. And as you know, if I'm going to bring someone on to talk about a particular thing, I want them to be the best or one of the best. And Rick is definitely in that category. So I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Would love to hear your feedback. But without further ado, let's get into it with Rick Barker. Rick Barker, how are you? Thanks so much for doing this. I'm good. It's a little uh, rainy as we speak here in Nashville, but other than that, the weather's been pretty nice, unseasonably warm for this time of the year. Yeah, I, I actually just moved to California, and I'm not used to it being warm, not getting rain, uh, all that. So I moved from the East Coast, so I'm I'm surprised every time I look out the window and there's people walking around in shorts. Yeah, you'll be even more surprised when you see all your state income tax that gets taken out of your checks and your property tax, but I moved from California to Nashville. So. Oh, did you? Taxes? I don't. Yeah, oh, yeah, taxes. No. <laughs> those, those crazy things. Yes. What part of uh, California? Are you in? Uh, I'm I'm in the Bay Area. Okay. So I was born in Hayward, so I know that area well. Oh, okay. I'm in Livermore. Okay. So now that we got the weather, we got the location, we got that all that stuff. Absolutely, out, uh, we We're got all the all the uh, all the important stuff out of the way. Um, I want to build a little bit of context. I know that you've been in the music business for a long time. Famously, um, you managed Taylor Swift for a, a long time. You do social media consulting for record labels. Um, but I want to backtrack and and talk a little bit about your history, how you got into the business in the first place, because sure. I think everyone's story is so unique, and I, I'm interested to know whether it was something that you consciously did or if it was just something that you naturally uh, worked into? Sure. Radio for me was my entry into the uh, the world of entertainment. I've always been a huge music fan. Uh, when my mom 
uh, and dad got, got divorced, she ended up, which is ironic that we're having this conversation, she ended up dating a drummer uh, that moved her to Alabama. His name was Roger Clark, and Roger was part of the Muscle Shoals music scene. And the documentary that they have about uh, the Muscle Shoals music scene, he's thanked at the end as being part of the uh, one of the people that helped with that whole scene. So he was playing drums for Paul Anka. We moved to Muscle Shoals, Alabama, and I got my taste of music and live music and bands and being around studios at a real young age, but I never had the talent uh, or the patience to try to learn an instrument, but I always had the gift of gab. So I would go out and find the bands and I started promoting uh, bands at a very young age, had one of the first uh, mobile DJ companies in, in Alabama. I'm, uh, I'm just turned 50 this past year. So I'd been around for a while and we were doing college parties when I was in high school and stuff like that. So I'd always loved the music. Uh, radio was what I always wanted to do. And I had that opportunity uh, when I moved to California to get my start at Kiss FM in Los Angeles as an intern, went on to produce uh, a couple of the bigger shows there and then got my first on-air shot in Santa Barbara in 1993. Uh, what was great about that is at that time, Santa Barbara had quite the music scene. Uh, Dishwalla, Toad the Wet Sprocket, Ugly Kid Joe, Snot, all those bands, uh, those alternative bands that were coming out of Santa Barbara, my radio station, I produced, executive produced two uh, CDs called Santa Barbara's Unsigned Heroes, Volume 1 and 2. And off those CDs, we had like nine bands that ended up getting record deals and toured the world and really? just always loved the the music side, the promotion side, always you know, was involved with bands at clubs and things like that. And then in 2001, built a country station, uh, absolutely fell in love with the music. And that's where I got on the radar of Scott Borchette at Big Machine Records. And I created a program called the Nashville Do Radio Tour, which got artists paid, helped break quite a few famous acts uh, who are now famous, who weren't at the time. And then he brought me on to Big Machine Records uh, when he started that label and that's where I met Taylor and ultimately went on to become her manager for the first couple of years of her career and continue to be involved with Big Machine to this day. Uh, I manage uh, the American Idol winner who's on Big Machine. We run socials for them. I got good at the social media side of things. I realized that there was a whole world out there that wanted to hear music and build relationships with fans. So mm -hmm. uh, in 2014, I shifted my focus solely to helping independent artists uh, throughout the world, get their music heard by fans all over the world. And it's uh, it's been a great uh, last few years, really. I feel like make an impact in a place where our bands felt lost. Mm -hmm. I was able to kind of come shed the light on some things for them and point them in the right direction. So what happens with these bands that are, that are trying to get more exposure, that are trying to use social media, whether it be a drummer, an independent band, an independent musician, sure. whatever it is, uh, but they they don't have the money to spend. They don't have the team behind them to to start to put these things together. Uh, you don't need money and you don't need a team. You need work ethic and you can't buy work ethic. You can't hire a team to create work ethic. You either have it or you don't. Uh, what I find with a lot of musicians uh, and a lot of band members is they're full of excuses, that, but they're not full of drive. There's drive when it comes to playing there's drive when it comes to recording. There's drive when it comes to the music side of things. But the other word in that is called business, music business. So they don't really know how to treat themselves like a business. What I try to do is find people that are willing to do the work. They're just lost and don't know what work to do. And then I'm able to kind of show them it's not as hard as you think it is. You know, it just it's just daily. I mean, drummers don't get good at drumming because they just happen to pick up a set of sticks one day. Right. You know, it's like you work your butt off in order to be the best drummer that you can be. It's the same thing with vocalists and singers and guitar players. It's like if you've got a talent, the tools are there for you to expose your talent. Most of them are just waiting to be discovered. And that's just not going to happen. It's so noisy and it's so crowded out there. You've got to put yourself at the top of the list. And the only person that can do that is you. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. So if, I mean, I'm guessing that if someone gets you involved with their social media, then you have to get paid for that though, right? I mean, it's not. Yes. And, and we don't take on any new clients at this point because it's easy to show them how to do it. Uh, you want to be able to do things. For example, when I started my business, I built my first websites. I did all my own social posting. You need to understand it. So even if you do hire someone to do it, you know that you're not getting screwed. Right. You know, you know mm -hmm. that. 
uh, the people that are doing the work know how to speak in your voice. You know, right now, I, I don't do a lot of my own posting, but the content is stuff that I've helped create. Right. Uh, it's like there's tools that can help you schedule. My The best use of my time is not sitting down scheduling posts all day. Mm-hmm. So now I've been able to hire people to do that, but I can oversee their work and make sure that it's getting done right. If I had no idea... I wouldn't know. Right. We all need to know what's going on in our business. That's where a lot of bands lost money or got taken advantage of by business managers or lawyers or managers. And you hear the same thing with athletes. You need to know what's going on in your business first mm-hmm. and foremost. And then you need to understand how to prioritize your business. Where are you most effective? I'm most effective by doing things like I'm doing with you right now. I'm most effective speaking. I'm most effective. So now I've hired a support staff around me that says, okay, let's take the content that Rick creates and let's get it out there to as many people as we possibly can. Mm -hmm. And to your point, you know, when I started this, I started this podcast in 2013 and I knew how to play drums. I knew how to tour. I knew the music business. I knew nothing about podcasting. I didn't know how to grow a podcast. I didn't know anything about advertising. I didn't know none of that stuff. And no, but you knew how to have a great conversation with people. You knew how to write, ask the right questions. And then you were able to hire people to get your content in front of the right people to be able to make a difference. Well, in the beginning, I was, I was totally bootstrapped. So I did it all on my own. Like you said, built my own, you know, built my own site, did this, did that. And then once you, you start to learn, but if I went out and just said, Hey, I got 10 grand a month to spend on this thing. Some, I would have gotten taken advantage of if I didn't you know what was going on. You right. would have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what Maybe is, not for the whole 10 grand, but somebody would have got you. And what's that uh, What's that saying? You find a man with experience and find a man with money. And at the end, you'll just have the man who has all the experience will have all the money too. That's right. Yeah. Gary Vaynerchuk says that a lot too. Does he? <laughs> yeah. yeah. He says he says that the best. And that's the thing is like, I would rather the man with experience will take the man with the money's money. Mm-hmm. 100%. So I want to backtrack a little bit. Um, I, I'd love to. I'm so fascinated by Muscle Shoals and and everything that that happened there. What was it like growing up there? What was it like? Were you like you were deep into that studio scene, or were you just sort of hanging out and uh, more more on the hanging out part? I wasn't deep in the scene, but I was hanging out. You know, I swept up and cleaned up at Fame Recording Studio. You know, which was featured heavily in mm-hmm. that documentary. Uh, I'm a big fan of soul music. Um, Everyone thinks that, you know, the the band members that played on all those famous records of all these uh, black artists were black musicians and they weren't. It was a mm-hmm. bunch of old white guys, yeah. you know, that just had some great the, the Muscle Shoals rhythm section. You know, that whole section was just a bunch of very talented musicians. You know, Percy Sledge was coming out of that area. Leonard Skinner was coming out of that area. There was a lot of great music. Uh, my favorite artist of all time is Prince. You know, it's like I am big on soul music. I'm big on I love bass. I love when you got a rhythm section that's in the pocket, man, there's nothing better than listening to a drummer and a bass player that are dialed in. You know, Mm -hmm. it 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 drives the boat. You know, I mean, it's it's what makes it happen. So I'm big on rap. Uh, I love Eminem. You know, I love Chance the Rapper. I love Logic. I love those guys that really utilize a lot of the the real instruments and really Mm -hmm. just. You know, and a lot of the real instruments can be duplicated now to an extent electronically, but they still have those feelings of being real instruments. Mm -hmm. How do you think that growing up listening to that kind of music shaped your, let's call it your sort of your EQ into determining, you know, artists to sign or what gets played on the radio or? First and foremost, I'm a big fan of a lyric. As much as we're talking about the music, it's the lyrics uh, that I'm passionate about. Uh, I think uh, a great melody and a great lyric uh, went out every time. A lot of times now the with the DJs and that EDM world, the music's kind of winning out. It doesn't really do it for me personally. Uh, I still love to go see bands live. I still love to see that live performance. I love to see the energy that's drawn. I love to you know, go and escape. I love to just be a part of that whole thing. But when it comes to me finding artists that I work with right now, I uh, I have to forget about the music uh, because there's no shortage of great music. There's shortage of artists that are willing to put in the work, and it's going to take work. I have lost hundreds of thousands of dollars by you know trying to convince a talented person to do the right things, and I don't do that anymore. I go out and I find 
Uh, like we spoke about Gary Vaynerchuk a second ago, I go bet on the jockey. Right. You know, I don't care what horse they're riding. If I got the right jockey, I can win. Mm-hmm. And there's no way that you may be able to motivate someone or you may be able to sort of help them shift their mindset a little bit. But like you said, you're not going to make someone go from this completely lazy person and turn into like this total workhorse. They got to want it themselves for the most it's part. The same thing with working with a trainer at the gym. You know, if you work out and you do great when you're with your trainer, but then when you're on your own, you're just lazy, you're still going to be out of shape, you mm-hmm. know? And every time you get with the trainer, you're like making up for the other work that you didn't do. So I want to find those people that are calling me and telling me the work they're doing when I'm not there. Uh, that That's what excites me. You know, I've got a couple artists that I work with right now that. I don't have to remind them what to do every day. They're right. calling me. I'm trying to keep up with them now. Right. And I always tell, too, the artists that I work with, by nature, I'm probably going to outwork you. It just can't appear that way because it's your business. Right. So when you were when transitioning, when you started transitioning into radio and then uh-huh. you, you said you started to make a relationship with the guys at Big Machine Records, what do you, yep. what do you think it was in you that they saw that would really be an asset to them? And I ask this because... I there to me there's always certain markers there's when you look at someone whether sure. it be a, a musician a band someone in business whatever it is there's certain markers that people see that say I need that guy or girl on my team or I need to take I need to manage this person I need them in my band sure I'm a finisher you know there's a lot of starters out there there's a lot of people talk about what needs to be done on my business card it says Rick Barker and then the initials GSD which stands for get shit done right And that's the reputation that I had. You know, when Scott hired me, he says, "Uh, I'm hiring you because you're too dumb to know any better. And I mean that as a compliment. And I had to pause for a second to go, okay, where is the compliment in that? And he said, Rick, he says, you just don't find excuses. You know, a lot of people, he says, when he was starting Big Machine, he goes, I'm starting with this 15-year-old named Taylor Swift that no one's ever heard of. Jack Ingram, who was a regional act out of Texas and an artist who had already had a failed single at one of his other labels, he said, you just tend to go in one direction. Mm -hmm. You know, you just kind of will walk through walls and walk through fire. A lot of people will use things like that as an excuse why it won't work. You just seem to find ways to make it work. And I don't know where I developed that trait. I mean, I grew up poor, so I was always having to hustle. Um, You know, I was, I was, you know, slinging drugs drugs on the streets. People that know my story know that I've been sober 25 years, but there was a time in my life when I was that street hustler. And, and I think a lot of that skill set I've taken into the music business side of things because I've always been a very resourceful person, not having to rely on anyone but my own work and my own efforts. At the end of the day, if something didn't get accomplished, I can only blame myself. I don't blame people. I don't blame circumstances. I don't blame situations. I blame myself. So I work every day to make sure that whatever needs to get done gets done. And if there's someone to blame at the end of the day for it not getting done, all I have to do is look in the mirror Mm -hmm. and identify that person. So this is an interesting concept because I share the same sentiments. I, I, I always, I always say that, you know, my wife and I tend to say that you can, however, whatever situation you're in, you drove there and you can drive out of there. Right. So it's all your fault and and you're in control of that. Let me ask you this though. What, how do you, manage your day how do you determine what's important what's not important? because we always hear it right focus on the focus on the things that are important focus on the things that are going to move the ball forward don't you know major don't major in the minor and sure how for someone who is working for themselves and because i think that's the the uh the really difficult part is when you're working for yourself you're at home you could lay on the couch all day if you wanted to or you could do a bunch of menial tasks all day long and not really get anything done Sure. I mean, I'm as guilty as everyone else. I get sidetracked. I get what's called browser blackout. I'll click on one link and next thing you know, an hour's (laughs) gone by. And, you know, (laughs) I've been chasing the little blue line on my computer. Uh, There are certain things that that I have to get done Uh, today. For example, you know, last minute I got called. We had to leave first thing this morning, go across the street to Big Machine Records and shoot a video uh, with the president, Scott Borchetta, for uh, next to rock campaign that mm-hmm. he's involved in. And then I have this interview with you and I, I went and ran errands before this, knowing that I will be locked down at one o'clock. I'm back over at big machine, uh, doing a coaching session for, uh, their new, uh, vodka brand. You know, they have their own social media strategists. I, I, I didn't take them on as a client for us to do it, but I said, we will teach your people. 
you know, tomorrow, uh, one of my folks here and I are flying to Tampa to help a company get themselves set up to where they're doing their own social media with us kind of overseeing it, but not having to physically do the day-to-day work. Last night, I was up till 11 o'clock adding videos into my new program that I just released. You know, so there's a lot of things that have to get done uh, on certain days. So I try to prioritize my day the day before knowing that there's going to be audibles that have to be called. There's going to be things that come up. But, you know, today I have to get an email written and out to my group. I have to follow up with a couple more conversations as my new stuff is being built to make sure that that's getting done properly. And I hope not to get distracted in the process because there will be one time today where I'll just go randomly check an email or check someone in on a new Facebook group and be stuck there answering questions and comments and an right. hour will get away from me Sure, because I'm human, you know, but I try to limit that as much as possible. And I think about going through my day or, you know, going through the day, going through the weeks, going through the months, and I'm sort of taking these blocks and I need to put this block on top of the next thing and the next thing. But sometimes I almost visualize it as, okay, these blocks are very, very small blocks and sure they're going to add up, but how do I start moving bigger blocks so that it starts adding up quicker? Yeah. I think for me is it's like, there's a lot of stuff too, that I've held on to by fault, uh, that only I know how to do that. I need to train a couple people to be able to take that off of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am, uh, I don't want to say I'm a control freak, but uh, there's certain things that I just figure it's easier if I do it myself and I have to stop thinking mm-hmm. like that. Uh, I also, you know, need to, I learned, you know, with this year, one of the things that I'm really focusing on for 2018 is that no is a very powerful word. And as much as there's times when I get called in to do things that my ego goes, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. I need to sit back and have somebody on my team go, yeah, but do you really, will that help you move the ball forward? Mm -hmm. You know, how many podcasts do you actually need to do if you don't have your program set up properly? Maybe get the program set up so that the podcast will help drive people to this new program. Right. Uh, So that's kind of where uh, I'm, I'm learning this year is to kind of control my, my calendar a little bit better Mm -hmm. and realize that, that no can be a very powerful word and I can get a lot more done that sure. way. Sure. So I want to shift gears a little bit and I know that you've talked to talked about Taylor Swift at nauseum, but I want to, I, I want to ask a couple questions tactically. Um, how, okay. what goes into, into breaking a new artist and what are some takeaways that maybe people who are listening, who have a band, you know, what are, what are some of the tactical things, some of the, the psychological things that going into break an artist, a number one talent. Okay. Everyone understands sure. that you have to be talented, but, but from there, what are, what are some things that you guys did? What are some things that other people can do? Um, and what are some differentiators that you think can help break a band? There has to be consistency in the daily work ethic. And that's what she had. Uh, and that's what she continues to have. The superstars uh, that are out there have a work ethic like nothing you've ever seen. The Beyonce's, the Jay Z's, the Eminem's, uh, the U2's. You know, the superstars. You know, there's not a lot of difference in the music from the artists that are really, really good and the superstars. What's the difference is the work ethic, mm-hmm. and that's what she did. We sat down and we had a plan. Most people, if you don't have a plan. You're very reactionary to what's going on and what might get thrown your way. We would always start at the goal and work backwards so that if we did get, you know, veered off because of life or things that happened, we were always able to get back on track because we knew what the goal was. Too often people just wake up without a goal. Uh, They wake up and they just record music to record music or they just play music to play music. You've got to have a goal that you're shooting for and then you have to have I call them baby milestones because if you make your goal too big and you never achieve these little milestones, uh, then psychologically you're just going to start getting frustrated because you haven't achieved your goal. So I try to, we just had little goals. First goal, she wanted to have a gold record. I said, great, let's go meet 500,000 people. Paul Starr talked about that in the interview that her and I did. And then she wanted to have a platinum record. So that was the next goal. And then once we achieved that, she wanted to win a billboard award for the most sales of any artist. And that goal got achieved. So you have to have a goal that you're working towards, but they have to be realistic and you need to knock off those little milestones on your way to that goal in order for you to get up every day and be willing to do the work. What was some of the, this 
secret, not, I don't want to say secrets, but what were some of the um, early milestones that you guys were hitting to, to start to grow, maybe grow the audience or grow, was it, was it radio play? Was it? Well, radio were- play came slow for her in the beginning because it was hard enough to break a female, but was hard enough to break a teenage female. So we started, we had sales before we really had radio. She had a gold record before she had a top 25 single. Radio airplay had to catch up with her. Really? And we wanted to be able to get out on these bigger tours. Uh, but because we didn't have the radio hit that they usually look for, we started focusing on selling merchandise so that they would see our merch numbers and go, wait, if they're selling this kind of merch, then they could easily sell tickets. Mm-hmm. So our strategy was go love on as many people as we can, get them to consume the merch, get them to grow our social numbers, get them to start calling radio stations and everything else kind of kept up after that, you know, but we, we couldn't sit around and wait 52 weeks for radio to figure out that she was good. We needed to go show them how good she really was. Right. And when you guys, when she had a, a gold record, she wasn't getting radio play. How were you guys selling? How were you guys selling tickets? Uh, because of uh, the thing was, is I remember Brad Paisley said this one time when she was out for Brad, she was playing like seven songs. He was out at the soundboard during the show watching and he goes, how do these people know her music? He called it a half hit. She goes, she's got like a half a hit on the radio, but they know every song. And I said, because she gets on MySpace and she's been sharing her music with them. We didn't keep secrets too often. Musicians hold on to their stuff thinking that they can only release one song at a time because that's traditionally how it's happened Mm -hmm. with the internet. Now you can put out as much music as you want as often as you want. And if you're not doing that, you're making a huge mistake. So we used what little tools we had available because with radio, what a lot of people don't understand, they all think, well, I need to get a song on the radio. Most of the time it's played in the overnights from midnight to six. And most Mm -hmm. people aren't listening to radio between midnight and six. Now everyone's radio is their phone. So your job should be to get your music on as many phones as possible. Chance the rapper just won a Grammy without radio. Mm -hmm. Why? Because he used SoundCloud. He used a way to get as much music as possible to his audience, Drake. I mean, 2017, I think Drake released 180 songs. Right. Well, he only had maybe 10 radio songs. So there's 170 other songs that allowed him to be the most streamed artist on Spotify. Yeah. And Apple Music. I mean, he's using the tools that are readily available to him. Uh, and that's what a smart artist does. Hey, what are you going to do with all those cracked, broken symbols that you have sitting in the corner of your studio? Here's an idea. Trade them in for a new dream symbol or gong. Now, you can take all your symbols, bring them in, and for each inch of symbol that you bring in, you're going to get a dollar off towards your next dream symbol or gong. Bring in two ride symbols that are 20 inches each, you get $40 off your next dream symbol or gong. And that's going to go a long way because they're priced well below everyone else's prices. But the main thing is they sound great. And I want to let you hear them. So here is a sample of some dream symbols. Be sure to check out Dream and all their great products at dreamsymbols.com. What you're hearing are some raw tracks that we recorded with the new Sabian Sound Kit. If you're not familiar with the Sound Kit, it is two overhead mics, a kick mic, and a mixing console that comes all in one box. And it is perfect for plug and play accessibility. It's super easy to set up and it's already EQ'd and ready to go for drums. You can use it to record into a recording device like GarageBand or Pro Tools or use it live and you can run the out right into the board. So if you need a way to mic your drums quickly and easily, look no further than the Sabian Sound Kit. Learn more by going to SabianSoundKit.com. I look at it and tell me if you agree with this or not. There's sort of two ways that you can that you can break 
an artist or get get notoriety and one is sort of the push method where you're pushing it out on every radio station and you're sort of jamming it down the throats of everyone until they they sort of surrender and and start to like the artist or the other way of pulling the artist through radio and it's and the fans are pretty much pulling the 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 uh the artists through radio they're they're pulling they're pulling through watching them on social media they're buying tickets they're buying merch and the and the fans are the ones doing the heavy lifting versus the other way around yeah there's not enough space for everyone who's got talent to be on the radio it's just it's a numbers game Mm -hmm. you know and it's very expensive to try to play that game so you go out and create the buzz like florida georgia line did on their own and then the right record company will come and grab you and then everything else will take care of itself there was a time when the labels could take you from the bottom all the way to the top now they need you to come in in the middle right. they need you to get that ball rolling they need you to start the buzz they need you to start a lot of these things and mm-hmm. if you're sitting around waiting for somebody to discover your band and then all of a sudden they're going to make you famous. Uh, you're living a pipe dream. Right. It's not going to happen. What are some What are some quick and dirty tips that you suggest for people to get from that zero to one, getting to getting to that middle point where they're actually you know selling some tickets, they have a little sure. bit of buzz, they're they're looking a little bit more appetizing. I think that they need to focus on their audience. A lot of people just kind of throw it out there for everyone to consume and not everyone's going to like what it is that you do. So you need to get laser focused. I always say, go find a hungry audience and feed them. I don't care if you got the best hamburger in the world. If you open up your stand in a town of vegetarians, you just screwed yourself no matter how good your burger is. So a lot of bands think that everyone's going to like their music, which isn't the case. So you need to get a little bit more strategic on who you're putting your music in front of. You also need to look at the data and the insights on your socials and your Spotify accounts because they have data or data, depending on where you're from in the country, that will tell you where your fans are located. They'll tell you the age of your fans and the other interest that they have. So you can maybe go and explore other ways to get your music in front of them. You know, what TV shows are they watching? What books are they reading? Which movies are they going to? What other artists are they consuming? The more you know about your fans, the easier it's going to be for you to get your music in front of them and then go in with the intentions of building a relationship, not trying to sell your stuff to strangers. Right, right. That makes total sense. Uh, let's switch. I know that you talk a lot about about networking and and through the courses that you do and, and you'll do a, a bunch of live streams. I've watched live streams and when people ask you about networking, what's your, what's your take on networking and developing those relationships? Cause people are, you know, you are who your network is, right? And you are. And I think you need to network with the right people. I'll give you a real good example. I had a guy who reached out and said, I'm one of the best drummers in the world, you know, and my stuff's great. And I'm like, great. Where do me, you live? It? That wasn't me. Was nope. <laughs> no. And this guy was like in Kansas. And I said, then you need to get where other drummers are located. You know, it's like one of the rules, which a lot of people don't understand, is they'll call me and say, hey, does does Trent need a drummer? And I said, you need to talk to his drummer because it's the band member's responsibility to find their replacements. Mm-hmm. It's the band. So all the drummers in Nashville know every know each other. All the bass players know each other. All the go- So either go join Facebook groups where there's a bunch of other drummers and just get to know these people. And don't be that person that just shows up when they need crap. We don't like the people in our life that are like that. Go in and start complimenting people on, you know, if this guy's doing a little drum solo and he's got this cool lick, compliment him on his lick, you know, compliment people. People like to hang around with people that make them feel good. Of course. People don't like to hang around with people that just always say how great they are and how everyone else sucks. So don't be that musician either, but you need to really start hanging out with your people. And trust me, if you're that good, you don't have to tell us. You just (laughs) need to make sure that your, your websites have the ability for me to hear you. You've got SoundCloud, you're doing YouTube covers. We'll find you. You know, mm-hmm. we 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 have people looking for folks. But if you come to me and tell me how great you are and I never heard of you, you're doing something wrong, sure. not me. Sure. What are some of those mistakes that you see people doing online with whether it be their band or at, at themselves as an independent musician or you know, was a drummer. Yeah, they only show up, like I said, they only show up when they need stuff. It's like if they don't have anything to talk about, which means if they don't have anything to talk about themselves, they don't post. 
or you only hear from them when they go to, you know, their Reverb Nation page and load up all their shows or their bands in town, you know, says, oh, Rick just loaded a show for this and Rick just loaded a show for this. Well, they still don't know anything about Rick. So you need to really focus on letting people understand who you are and what you're about. We like to hang out with like-minded people. We like to hang out with people that believe that have similar beliefs. Uh, I like to hang out with people that have similar work ethic. Mm-hmm. I don't hang out with a bunch of lazy folks. You know, I, I am a Christian, so I don't hang out with a bunch of people that just talk crap about right. and complain about everything. That's just not who I am. It's not healthy for me. So I like to find like-minded people uh, that I hang out with. I like to find people that are driven, uh, people that love to ask questions. I'm a big question asker. I always tell people, I spoke last night at a class uh, where these folks are in an MBA class. And I said, it's pretty funny that I'm speaking to this class and all I have is a GED. And they all started laughing. I said, but what you're wanting me to share with you is my knowledge and my experience that I gained through actually doing things. So uh, I love to go in and I always tell people I may not be the smartest guy in the room, but I'm going to ask the best questions. I Mm -hmm. love asking questions. I love finding out how successful people got successful. I love to find out from people that aren't having success. What do you think's holding you back? Mm-hmm. You know, what are your obstacles? What are your challenges? I love solving things. Well, as Tony Robbins said, if you want better questions, or if you want better answers, ask better questions. Right. You know, uh, what is, what's your advice for people who are trying to break into the industry on the other side of things, if they want to be a manager, they want to work at a label, they want to work on, you know, they want to be a touring, uh, or they want to be part of the the road crew or, or sure. something like that. The jobs that are available right now, there aren't management jobs available. There aren't tour manager jobs available. The jobs that are available are people that can shoot and edit content and get it posted to socials. That's the job that you have to go out and earn and work yourself into a management company. And then they get to hang out with you and see that you're always doing great work. You're very organized. Uh, Those are the skill sets that they would be looking for. Those are the skill sets that I look for. Last night, I had everyone kind of tell me what their superpower was. And this girl says, I'm very task driven and detail oriented. I said, you need to lead with that because most people aren't. (laughs) I said, that's your superpower. That's the type of person that I'm always looking to get involved with. So they need to be able to don't wait for that job to become available, create your own job. Uh, I told a girl who wanted to get into PR, go find some bands that you like and go look at their bios on their websites. And they probably suck because they tried to write them themselves and volunteer to write their bios. Mm -hmm. You know, then you're able to tell me I've been a bio writer for multiple bands, you know, go find a band that you feel you could help them and help them. And start managing now. Don't wait for people to come to you. Go to them. Yeah. Yeah. I was my um, very good friend of mine's an entertainment lawyer and, and manages uh, uh, athletes. And he's like, you know, if you can go in and you can add a value to someone and you can either help them make money or you can help their career, you know, improve or whatever the case may be, if you can do that then there's a place for you in any industry that you want to do. So how do you create your own job? Yeah. If you can make my day easier and you can show me that I can save money by having you on my team, then I'm in Mm -hmm. 100%. So let's talk about the stuff that you're doing now that, so, well, one, I I wanted to ask why. So I know that you're, you're not managing, I know you're not managing Taylor anymore, but are you not managing any bands anymore? I am. I manage the American Idol winner, Trent Harmon. Uh, who's with Big Machine Records. I manage a independent artist by the name of Callie Rohde, uh, who just uh, who's out right now, uh, you know, sharing her new music. She's a she's a little pop artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's it. You know, uh, I, I'm not looking to, quote unquote, manage more bands. Uh, these are just people that are in my world. Um, you know, there's a couple other independent artists that when the time is right, I'll do whatever I can to assist them and help them and help them find the right manager. Uh, but you know, my plate's full. I, I realize that I'm a much better teacher than I am a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, it takes, I never want the responsibility of an artist to have to worry about whether my family eats or not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of pressure to put on someone. So I contribute where I know I can contribute, you know, backing up a little bit about what you said earlier about, you know, what can people do? They need to learn the business. You know, that's why it's like, if, if you want to know what I know about the business. That's why I created the programs that I created is to teach you everything I know at this point. A lot of people feel 
that you need to physically have me. No, you need to physically have access to me or, you know, Renman, you talked about Steve Rennie, one of my favorite people, you know, the courses that he created, he's allowing you to have his knowledge and experience. Mm -hmm. Uh, He can't give it to everyone. So he's put a price tag on it. But I think that's important. Uh, One of the biggest problems that I had in the beginning was everyone felt because I was a manager that I should just work for free for every artist that I like. And then if they ever made money, I would make money. And the problem with that is that most of the manager's work is done on the front end. And there may or may not be a back end from some of these artists. Some of these artists, I could work really hard for you for two years. And then after two years, you go, man, this business sucks. I'm quitting. Right. Well, what <laughs> happened to the two years that I put in? You know, it's yeah. like, so now I treat myself to, uh, to, I, I treat myself like, like a guitar teacher or a vocal teacher or an attorney, or, you know, you pay me for my time and mm-hmm. then I'll give you the best knowledge that I have for you at that time. But there's a cost to it. Of course. And one thing that you said that, that should, everyone should listen to is the fact that you've been there and you've done that. Steve Rennie has been there and done that. It's not, uh, I read seven books about the music business and now I'm going to start a website and I'm going to teach you everything about the music business. I hate those guys and I don't use hate a lot. It's right. like they'll read a book and then write a book about the book they just read or they're going to teach you how to get a publishing deal when they've never gotten a publishing deal for themselves or anyone else. Uh, but you know what? You guys need to do your homework. You need to do your research. Yeah. You know, you need to make sure that you're getting involved with the right people. I mean, the the free content that I put out, the free content that Steve Rennie puts out is some of the best in the world, you mm-hmm. know, but it just builds credibility to say, okay, I love what that guy's doing. And he gave that to me. I can only imagine what's in his course. And then because Steve and I are smart, we learned that you say the same thing on video, whether one person's listening to it or a thousand people are listening to it. So while a lot of unexperienced folks are trying to jack you and get you for as much as they can in the beginning, we can start with a $500 program or a $2,000 program and work our way in to building a better relationship with you. Everybody else has to go for the gusto because once you get in and realize it's crap, they needed to get your cash. Well, not only that, it's like you said, doing your homework and saying, okay, well, what, okay, you teach this course. What have you done? It's all the, it's like all these guys who, who the only business they've ever had is selling you courses on how to build a business. And they've never actually done it themselves. You know, that, that irritates me. Like I've owned five different businesses. And when I see these guys, I'm like, yeah, but you've never, you've never actually done anything. <laughs> it's an annoying. Well, and, and that's, Hey, if they're good enough marketers to fool you into that, that's your own problem. Yeah, you know, that's a valid point. So talk about the course a little bit and what people can expect. Um, and, and what options you have for the courses. Cause I think it's really interesting that you can learn as you go. You can, you can, you can get all of this information. The information is out there and readily available. So, well, the thing is, is that, you know, I think everybody should start with finding out if you're learning from the right person. I tell everyone, I'm not for everyone. If you're looking for a, uh, someone who you think, Hey, if I'm in his world, I'm going to get a record deal. If you think that, you know, you need to have a record deal to be successful. I'm the wrong guy for you. Uh, If you want to set up your business properly, if you want to know how to use the tools that are readily available to you, I'm that guy. Uh, Everybody usually starts with grabbing a free copy of my book. They can go to my website, rickbarker.com, grab a free copy of the book. Uh, Then one of the things that I've realized this year through uh, my own coaching and, you know, the programs that I purchased to make me a better teacher is that I needed to better identify who you are. You know, are you... The four people that are really attracted to me are the parent of the talented kid. That's the low-hanging fruit because of Taylor, obviously. Mm-hmm. The artist that's under 30 years old that treats it like a business, that has an entrepreneurial mindset, that realizes that they may or may not ever get to a record deal, but they realize that they can make money with their music if they know the right things. The artist that's over 30 that thought they were going to get discovered and get famous in their 20s, uh, who realize the internet and social media is probably not going anywhere. And that there are these tools out there that can help them, you know, at least make a living 50, 60, $70,000 a year. And then the group of people that I wasn't aware of that are very attracted to me were the people that want to be me, the people that don't have time to go to Berkeley or Belmont or don't have the finances to spend $50,000 a year on college that would love to know all the practical, applicable knowledge that I have that I can share with them. Those people are also the ones who are attracted to me. Now, as each of them need what I offer, 
the communication with them is completely different. So I'm really focusing this year on having better conversations with people and leading them to where it is they need to be by asking better questions and getting to know more about them. Mm -hmm. The point of running your music career as a business is something that I preach a lot on the podcast. What are some of the pitfalls that you see that most people are guilty of in terms of not running their, their career as a business? They think that they can get by with just using free tools, which isn't the case. They they realize they think that they can really try to figure this stuff out on their own. Um, they need help. I need help. I mean, I spend probably 60 grand a year in continuing my education, whether it's be to learning more technology or if there's a new uh, marketing strategy that allows me to be a better communicator. It's like those you know, Tom Brady still works with a quarterback coach and pays a guy to keep him up to speed, as does every professional golfer and, you know, any athlete that's at the top of their game. They just don't go out there and think that they're going to figure it out on their own. Mm -hmm. When stuff's not working, they bring in a professional. Uh, most people need to realize they are going to have to invest in their business. Uh, I'm, you know, the, the musician that says, look, I can't afford your program, but just bought a $5,000 guitar. I'm like, great. You know, it's like you can have all this, you can record all the music you want, but if you don't know how to get it in front of people, you're in the inventory business. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like, I'm going to teach you how to get rid of it. So I just want to encourage people to treat their business like a business, make smart investments. Don't think that there's a shortcut. Um, you know, the shortcut that I offer is on the learning curve. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm going to help you not waste time in certain areas and say, okay, here's where you are. Let's focus on this, but you still need to learn there's just ways that you can bypass. I think what people, what I pay for, honestly, is I pay for my time. Mm -hmm. When I invest in something, I'm buying time back. Right. If it can speed up my process, anything technical that I know or you know, someone, if they have the time, can learn it. Depending on how you learn, it may take five hours, may take five weeks. We mm -hmm. don't know. But if you want to be able to speed up that process, you're going to have to bring in an expert and hire an expert to help you. Sure. Any way that you can shorten that learning curve is huge. Yep. <laughs> My buddy Mike says, I got a lot of tools, but none of them cut corners, which is, you know, everyone everyone's looking for, for the quick fix. What do you say to the artist that comes to you and says, Rick, man, I'm just, I'm an artist, man. I'm just... I just, I just want to play my drums and, and, you know, I'm just, man, that, that money and I'm not worried about the money and I'm just, I'm not a businessman. I'm just an artist, man. Cool. <laughs> then you won't yeah. make a career at it. No, no, not, not, not necessarily, <laughs> or hire somebody but, it, but it, it's don't expect to pay your bills. You know, you right. can't, you can't pay your bills off passion. You know, you can't go to your landlord and say, look, dude, I ain't got any money, but man, I am really good at what it is. <laughs> Give me that a I hug. Do. Give me a hug. Yeah. No, I, this business isn't for everyone. If it were easy, everyone would be doing it, you know, and it's, it's, but the cool part is unlike athletes, you can't go on YouTube and have people pay you to watch you shoot free throws in a YouTube video, but you can get people to pay you to watch you play someone else's music. You know, we're mu the musicians out there. I almost said we're musicians. I'm not a musician, but you know, the musicians out there have the tools where they can actually make money. A lot of people don't get that chance, mm -hmm. you know, so use the tools that are available. I mean, I know drummers who make millions of dollars a year and don't play any gigs and literally just put videos on, on YouTube and, and dude, my buddy who runs Drumeo. Yeah. I mean, that's a huge business. And the majority of the guys that use Drumeo are 50 to 60 year old weekend warriors who never got an opportunity to be that guy in the band, but love learning from pros and have a blast doing it. Right. That's a great business model. Yeah. What's wrong with that? You know, I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. And my, I would add this other thing. And I, I think you would agree that if you do want to do this as a career and you are talented and you don't want to deal with the business stuff, then find someone who you know, like, and trust take care of your, handle your business for you, uh, go to them and say, Hey, look, you know, I'll, I'll give you a piece of the pie. I'll give you, you know, we'll work something out here, but I need someone to manage my business and I need yeah, someone and to make manage sure that they're learning the business, you know, right. be careful about hiring your buddy who's is, you know, knows the same amount that, you know, right. that's not smart. But <laughs> if you have somebody who's willing to go out and learn, you go buy the program and teach them how to do it. You know, I invest in all the programs that my staff learns. I don't go to them and say, Hey, you need to buy this program and learn how to do it. Right. I pay for it. 
it's an expense to my business and they learn it. You know, same thing. It's like if you're a band and you want somebody to manage you, but you know you can't afford a manager, then invest in a course and let the people learn that course that you invested in. It's a better investment for you. Yeah, 100%. Invest in yourself, people, or at least invest in someone who can help you manage and navigate Correct. your career if you can't do Correct. it. So if they want to connect with you, they want to learn more about your course, all that stuff, you suggested go they just Rick go. Barker. Com. Yeah, go to rickbarker.com. Yeah, go to rickbarker.com, grab a free copy of the book. They'll, they'll, they'll then be on my email list and I send out some other cool stuff. Uh, there's tons of YouTube videos and things like that. Follow me on Facebook. I do a lot of Facebook lives. Uh, you can get access to all my social sites from my website as well. Cool. And one last question. What is sure. what is something that you still have yet to achieve? I, I, I imagine that you feel pretty successful in the things that you've done. What's something that's still on your radar? You know, this year for me is that I, I needed to focus more on my business. I'm launching this brand new program. My goal is to have you know, a couple thousand people this year from all over the world that I'm helping to make a difference in their lives. So that's what I look to accomplish this year. Uh, I, I hope this year to be able to pay my taxes on time and not have to file an extension for once in my life. Uh, you know, it's like, there's, there's a lot of those things, you know, uh, you know, play a little bit more golf with my son, you know, uh, so there's all that BS that's out there. But for me, it's just to continue to provide a quality service and continue to help the amount of people that I can. I shared this last night. As I said, I've been able to help affect millions of people by teaching artists how to get their music in front of these folks. And their music is what is changing lives. And I've been able to play a small part in that. And I'm excited about that. That's a great feeling. Rick Barker, thank you very much. I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time to chat. And I uh, applaud you for all the stuff that you're doing out there and trying to help independent artists uh, continue doing what they love and help them do a better job at doing it. So Appreciate it. Thank you. Of course. Thank you. All right, that's a wrap with Rick Barker. I hope you dug that. I hope you got some great information out of it. And it's pretty cut and dry. You got to work hard. You got to assemble the right team. You have to get your priorities straight. Yes, we all get you know, sidetracked and spend time doing things on Facebook and Instagram and all that stuff that we don't need to be doing. But for the most part, you got to stay focused. You know, I'm a big believer in that. And I talk about the hard work and, and the focus of that. So I really do hope you enjoyed this conversation. And I thank Rick for taking the time to chat with me. You can learn more about Rick. Just go to rickbarker.com. You can download that free ebook that he suggests in the interview. And also, if you haven't already, please leave a rating or a review for the podcast there on iTunes. I will appreciate it and it'll be your good deed for the day. So until the next until the next podcast, keep listening. Thanks so much and I will talk to you soon. Peace. <laughs>